Friends, welcome to another episode of Leadosophy. You're here with an open mind because that's the rule, not the exception. Today's episode, I want to dive a little deeper into a few things that we talked about with Dr. Perkins, my last interview, because there were some things he talked about that I think if Leadosophy is going to deepen its understanding of leadership, I have to come back to, to a few concepts that he talked about, leadership traits, operational planning, preparedness, kind of the nuts and bolts, the grind the grind of leadership in the period of, of obstacles and challenges and you know, we talked about COVID, so I hope you like this uh, kind of like a kind of like a recap. Uh, usually, I like to do recaps, kind of just as one part of an episode, but I, I think this is going to be just enough for for one episode. So I hope you enjoy it. Here we go. Are you ready to permanently fuse leadership and philosophy? Then a word of caution: you are about to enter the fully abstract yet wholly concrete realm of leadosophy. Our ideas are not always so clear and distinct. To validate this proposition, we welcome the host of leadosophy, Tim Wood. Hey friends, welcome back to leadosophy. If you didn't get a chance to check out the interview we had with Dr. Markel Perkins, principal at Cardinal High School in Ohio. Give it a shot. He had a lot of a lot of leadership lessons, a lot of nuggets in there. And I want to highlight a few things we talked about and go a little deeper on, on a few points, because I think it'll deepen our understanding of leadership a little better. Again, not finding a truth, but just deepen the understanding, maybe rounding out some, some knowledge that we may have gained or co-created in that last interview. So the first question I always ask after an interview with someone is, did I deepen my understanding of leadership? And the interview with, with Dr. Perkins, I, I definitely did. It was, it was, it was pretty impactful. One of the most impactful story he told about his grandfather. So his grandfather grew up in Mississippi, uh, during a period of intense, uh, racial tension and obviously inequities, uh, his grandfather quit school at the, in the eighth grade because he wasn't allowed to go on in Mississippi. So that led us into some stories of of role models and mentors in, in Dr. Perkins's life who shaped him, who guided him, who he watched growing up as a, as a child and into a young adult, uh, guided his character. And I, and I think about the role of a leader in adulthood and I always ask myself, when you look at someone as a leader, and I don't say fully formed leader because we're always evolving. When you look at that person, can you tell a lot about how they grew up by how they lead? I don't know if that answer has been solved in the world of psychology and the world of, of leadership. You know, it's one of those things where, you know, our, our parents, they serve as role models, you know, the school systems you know, they mold us as we're growing, that obviously plays into our character traits as we evolve, right? So when you are in a leadership role, is the constellation of all those relationships that you made, all those relationships are part of your fabric as a leader. And how does that play out? Can you change that? Even in adulthood, can you change your leadership style if it's been 
potentially molded throughout your entire childhood and in your adulthood? You know, it's, it's, it's a fascinating answer. I think there are definitely leadership skills that we can work on, whether it's, you know, I had the interview with Ryan Leo a couple of weeks ago and he talked about he wasn't a good listener and started focusing on listening more in, in a leadership role and was able to develop that skill. So I think there are a lot of things we can develop if we haven't necessarily had them or learned them growing up that we can still develop and learn as an adult. So I just found it interesting the amount of mentors in, in, in Markel's life that he was able to, you know, all the teachers he was able to rattle off that inspired him to learn, to seek knowledge, to mentor others, and inspired him to, to dive into the education system as an adult. So I thought that was really fascinating. And, you know, any of those leaders or any of those leaders or mentors of Markel's that are still out there, I encourage you to check out that interview because he speaks highly of many of you. And that leads me into my next point is when you're in a leadership role, you don't always know how you are influencing somebody, hopefully positively. Sometimes you find out days later that you made an impact on somebody. Maybe it's weeks later. Maybe it's decades later. Maybe someone on, on Markel's interview, they heard Markel talk about how they inspired him when he was in fifth grade, and they didn't know that. So think about the impact you can potentially have on somebody in, in a leadership role, right? And again, you may never know. They may never tell you. They, never, they may never reach out and send you an email and say, hey, I appreciate this or I appreciate that. Or you may, you know, I got a Facebook post once of somebody who, who spoke, spoke about how I influenced them positively. And uh, it, was, it, was really, it was really deep and meaningful to me. And honestly, I, 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 didn't, even, I didn't know that I had that impact on somebody. And I'm, I'm sure negative impact as well I'm, I've probably had on people and you know, I apologize if, if that's the case, but you just, I guess what I'm trying to say, bottom line is you just never know. So go into every situation, any relational situation with another human being, knowing that, you know what, I may have one opportunity to make an impact on them, a positive impact. And I, and I really want to do that. I want to give them everything. I want to give them my full attention because if this is my only opportunity to talk to them, to listen to their fears or their anxieties or a problem that they're having, if I'm not giving them full attention, they're going to remember that. That's going to be what they remember. And I don't think you want that. You know, and this isn't, again, this isn't about leaving some sort of leadership legacy. This is just about making an impact on a personal level, on a deep level, any chance you get. And you may never know when that impact might be. So that was really, really powerful stuff. I've, I've been able to kind of think about that a little bit more and, and just listening to, to Markel talk about how many times people have impacted him and him able to recall all of that was pretty impressive. We talked about a direct approach to leading and communicating. I would say Dr. Perkins's style is very direct. He would, he would agree. He even talked about it. And how important is that from a leadership perspective when you are trying to solve problems, when you are having a team meeting, how important is direct communication? not beating around the bush, not trying to uh, kind of hide some of your, your core assumptions because you're afraid they're going to get out there. You're afraid what others are think will think. You know, if you think about the effective, the highly effective teams, and you can read a lot of books on highly effective teams, you have to know everyone's mindset. You have to know their assumptions. 
behind what they're thinking. You have to speak directly with one another, right? You can't obfuscate. You can't keep things kind of, you know, obtuse, you know, and you can't keep stay in the world of the abstract. You got to be very, very concrete about what you're talking about, what you're trying to solve. And the more complex the issue, the more direct you have to be. I think, I think that holds true. We talked about leadership styles, man. There's so many leadership styles out there, both, you know, theoretically and in practice, uh, laissez-faire type leadership, democratic leadership. Uh, I mean, I don't necessarily think there's one leadership style that is a one size fits all. I think we, we talked about that on the last interview. Sometimes it's very contextual. There's a time to be maybe more authoritarian in what you want to happen, what needs to happen. And again, that's based on the situation. There's a time to be more democratic and to sit back and let others decide, talk. Sometimes, you know, the talking can just go and go and the meetings can be endless. I think maybe that is not productive. But all those different leadership styles, I think you can maybe sometimes have to kind of go back and forth between those. However, I think you can you can flow between different leadership styles according to the, the context and the situation without sacrificing your values and your principles. Your values and leadership, your leadership principles. I think you can do that. Go back and forth between different leadership styles without necessarily sacrificing values and principles. I would love to hear your thoughts on that if you, if you agree or disagree. We talked about the authentic self. I think it's very easy for people to go into a work setting or in a public setting and it's like a switch. You turn on a different switch for who you are in public vice, maybe who you are, you know, privately amongst your, your closest friends or your family. But where's that line? How gray is that line between leadership and, and how you are in your personal life, how you act, how you carry yourself, how you lead I think there, one thing I've always loved about Markel when I served with him, and even now I can tell he hasn't changed necessarily in his character. We all change as leaders. Again, it's dynamic, right? We're constantly evolving. Markel said it the best, you're either dying, you're growing or you're dying, one of the two. Especially when it comes in the world of knowledge seeking and understanding, understanding how you are as a leader. But Markel, you know, his character is authentic. When you are working with Markel, and, and think about the leaders in, in around you or just, you know, even the followers around you or just people in your life, no matter what the situation is, how bad it might be, how good it might be, are they authentic? What they're saying, is it authentic? Right? Are you getting their true self, their true character? Does it come out? Can you tell? And I think that was really impactful as, as far as leadership goes. You know, are you, are you putting on a facade or is it just authentic? So that was, that was really powerful. I was able to think more on that. I love talking to him about the COVID, especially in the education system with all of the educators, the students, the scholars, the, the families of students, uh, administrators in the education system, government level uh, educators and overseers of policy 
a lot of moving parts during periods of COVID. And I can tell that there's a lot of challenges that have to be overcome. And I really liked what Markel said about leadership, his military leadership and his military experiences, how they helped him prepare for COVID. And I think if there's one takeaway in this episode, as far as the leadership toolkit, it is being prepared. And you can never prepare for for everything, but I think you should try. And that, that we talked about knowledge and understanding. If you're faced with a complex issue, deepening your understanding of that issue so you can make the best decision with the best information you have. If you don't have the right information, you will never make the right decision unless you get lucky. And I don't think is I don't think leaders want to rely on luck when they're making decisions that can affect the lives of other humans. So yes, fortune prepare fortune favors the prepared mind. I don't know where that quote came from. I have two potential ideas. One is Seneca the Stoic, and I think the another one is from a book titled Bridge Resource Management. It's a it's a nautical book on, on maritime leadership on ships. But fortune favors the prepared mind. The more prepared you are, I think the less you have to rely on luck in your world of work. So that was my kind of final takeaway with that interview. So preparedness, the more complex the issue, the more you have to focus on being prepared. And again, Markel talked about his military background in the Coast Guard. What I loved about the Coast Guard, and if you don't know much about the Coast Guard, the Coast Guard, the Coast Guard is a very small military branch. It's the smallest military branch by far. I think there's roughly 40,000 people still active in the Coast Guard, which this used to be the case, was smaller than the New York Police Department. So think about that. The Coast the U.S. Coast Guard, are one of our six branches of the armed forces, is smaller than the NYPD. But the, the crazy part about that is when you are a young enlisted person or a young junior officer in the Coast Guard, you often have an enormous amount of responsibility because there's just not enough people to go around. So early on in your Coast Guard career, you may have a, an amount of responsibility that can help prepare you for when you get on the outside, we call it, or in the civilian world where, you know, things may be more streamlined or, you know, there's some similarities and differences. But I think where that helped Markel in his world, and, you know, you would have to confirm, for, confirm or deny this, in his world as a principal, there's a ton of moving parts and he has a lot of authority and responsibility over a lot of different areas. And I think, and I think he talked about this, his Coast Guard uh, time and his time in the Coast Guard and having so many different responsibilities and, and logistical responsibilities and operational planning responsibilities, emergency preparedness responsibilities for one person trying to, you know, shape all those moving parts and put those in their, in their proper place. I think that really helped him transition into the back into the civilian world. And it's obviously followed him all the way up until now. So I enjoyed talking about that because those, those experiences I had in the Coast Guard that resonated with me because I too now when faced with, with very complex challenges and issues, I'm not so intimidated by them because I know there's always a way through, right? There's always a way around or a way through 
the challenge or the obstacle that may not be easy. Uh, you know, you have to like to say sometimes embrace the suck in leadership. Like, Hey, you know, you, you talk to your team or you talk to your crew or you talk to your organization and say, Hey, these next, these next few days or these next couple months or this next year is going to suck tremendously, but we're going to get through it. And this is how we're going to get through it. It's going to be a team effort and all hands on deck effort as my, as my wife likes to hear and say, those are my takeaways from my interview with Dr. Perkins, the principal at Cardinal high school in Middlefield, Ohio. I hope you enjoyed this show on leadosophy kind of a recap Again, go check the interview out with, out with the Dr. Perkins if, if you haven't listened to it. Remember, leadosophy is about using the tools of philosophical thought to deepen our understanding of leadership and of life. Thanks for watching. Thanks for watching and listening to another episode of Leadosophy. If you liked what you heard today, hit that subscribe button and check out leadosophy.com and learn more about Tim's ideas on philosophy and leadership. We'll see you next time.